And now, highlights from the vice presidential debate. Bad cops are bad for good cops. We need reform of our policing in America and our criminal justice system, which is why Joe and I will immediately ban chokeholds and holes. But America, you just heard Senator Harris tell you, on day one, Joe Biden's going to raise your tits. Mr. Vice President, I'm s***ing. Well, I'm s***ing. The American c*** is on the ballot with four more years of growth. That Joe Biden has a deep, deep-seated c*** to f*** for our democracy and to f*** for the integrity of our democracy. And that was highlights from the vice presidential debate. 1049 The Morning X. 1049 The Morning X. It is Kevin. It looks like the Silence of the Lambs house is up for sale. You remember the house that Buffalo Bill lived in in Silence of the Lambs? You remember Buffalo Bill from Silence of the of the Lambs? Who doesn't, right? It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Mr. My family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yeah, so who could forget that freak? Well, he's selling his house and uh, previously was up for $195,000, now almost $300,000 for the house in Periopolis, Pennsylvania. And to uh, talk about it, we've got the seller on the phone right now, Buffalo Bill. Welcome to the Morning X. Sugar and spice and all things nice. I hope I get my asking prize. I see what you did there. Hi, Buffalo Bill. Yes, that's me. Yeah, so what made you want to sell your house? Well, you know, it's time to move on to a new location. Things didn't work out so well here, as you know. Yeah, I think I might have heard a story yes, or two. Um, hold on. <laughs> All right. Hello, sorry for the interruption. Yeah, no problem. So will there be a chance for people to see the house before they buy it? Uh, yes, we're planning on having an open house here. Hold on. <laughs> I apologize for the interruption. Okay, um... I see the price went up nearly $100,000. Why is that? Uh, yes, the price is so high because we have, uh, well, we're leaving all the furniture for the buyer. Uh, there's some very, very high-priced pieces. Like what? Like, for example, you know, we have a lamp in the living room with a very, very nice shade made out of a torso. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear a torso lamp really jacks up the value of a house. Astonishingly. So what other features does the house have? Well, the property comes with a nice hole in the basement. Uh, you can keep anything down there. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> if I have to tell you one more time, I will get the hole. Oh, sorry. Women. Jeez. As I was saying, it comes with a nice hole in the basement. If you can, you can keep anything down there, really. Oh, you know, anything like uh, baskets or uh, women. Women? I mean... <laughs> College students. I mean, okay, we gotta go. Thanks, Buffalo Bill. He's hell bent on taking over Rockford Radio, but right now he's too tired. It's Kev on 104.9 The Morning X. According to a new study from the University of South Carolina, which it's from South Carolina, so I don't know how accurate this study really is, but but there's an herb that might be an effective way to treat COVID-19, treat the coronavirus, not cure it, but treat it. He found out that this herb could protect the body against acute respiratory distress syndrome, which sucks just as much as it sounds like it sucks. And this herb contains a chemical that can help because it keeps oxygen filling your lungs. The herb is marijuana. That's right. Marijuana. The chemical is THC, and the miracle herb is that wacky tobacco, which is good news for us here in Illinois because... Weed is legal. years ago people are going to prison for this stuff and now it cures the damn covid okay well, it doesn't cure it don't don't that's not the point it does not cure it but it could help treat it so the next time you want to call it the devil's tobacco keep that in mind it can treat the damn coronavirus and at this rate snoop dog ain't never gonna die 
Whether you're just getting up, getting off, or stumbling home from a one-night stand. Busted. Walk of shame. The Morning X is on the air. 1049 The Morning X. It's Kev. I have stolen Matt and Chelsea from down the hall. I have kidnapped them from their own show and made them be on my show once again. <laughs> What's up, guys? Yes. If you're listening out there. Somebody help. Send help, please. <laughs> uh, so I've uh, come to make you guess again. Okay. Uh, I have a list from uh, SNSW Digital, um, and it's a list of the top 10 most iconic horror movies of all time. Now, these are, they say Halloween movies, Halloween themed movies, movies that are um, not necessarily Halloween themed, but good to watch during the Halloween season. Okay. Okay. They have the top 30 on their website. I need you to guess the top 10. Let me give you a hint first. Uh, movies like The Ring. Poltergeist, It, The Blair Witch Project, outside of the top 10. Really? So I don't know how much I agree with this list already. But okay. So I need you to guess uh, titles that are in the top 10. Okay? Goose, goosebumps. Goosebumps. <laughs> Matt that- already losing. Already. That was a good guess, though. Goosebumps? Yeah. yeah. I like Goosebumps. If it was a good guess, it would have been on the list. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about this for a guess? Sure. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Only number two, Chelsea. You're doing doing very well. All right. uh, What about that movie with Adam Sandler where he plays his brother and his sister? Is it Jack and and Jill? That's a horror movie. You ever seen that thing? Unwatchable. That's the scariest movie ever. Okay, maybe not movies that are horrifyingly bad. Okay, just bad just ones. Like, gotcha. Just, just, yeah, gotcha. Just, just horror movies right. in general. What's the one with Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, Michael Myers. Halloween. Yeah, Halloween, you got Halloween. it. Only number one, Matt Hall. Yeah! In your face. No! In the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got number one. We've got number two. You guys are doing pretty that's good. Pretty, I mean, but that's pretty iconic. It is. Scores one to one. Between the two of you, Ooh, go. I'm gonna say Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, Jeepers Creepers was a creepy movie, but not even in the top thirty. What? Not even in the top thirty for think of movies you want to watch around Halloween time. You know, right. like movies that come to mind immediately. Jason, which is called Jason, right? What's the movie called though? What is the movie? Jason called? is the killer in most of them. Nightmare on Elm Street, no, right? No. no, Jason. Uh, <laughs> no, Matt. Oh, he's the one that kills the, the teenagers at the lake, right? He's the guy that hates summer camps. Yes, but isn't it like Cabin Fever or something? No, it's not <laughs> Cabin Fever. It's Jason and Cabin Fever. Yes, it is. I think you're right. She's right. Uh, uh, I'm gonna give you half credit, Matt. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth oh, is the right. title. Yeah, Come on, right. Matt. I knew that. And it is number six on the list. Number six, Chelsea. Um, I'm gonna say The Grudge. The Grudge, another terrifying movie, not within the top 10 or even in the top 30. What? So, yeah, this list is kind of bullcrap now that I'm looking at it. It really is. Man, I'm running out of scary movie titles. Um, there's, Hoc- there's a lot you haven't thought of. Hocus yet. Pocus. It's not scary, <laughs> Matt. Hocus Pocus. It's, po- it's, it's scary, a, it's scary a, to me. It's a fun one to watch around Halloween time, though. It's a fun Halloween movie. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit for kids, but it's, you know. Are any of them animated? Not on the list, though. Animated movies? No animated movies on the list. So Nightmare Before Christmas wouldn't be on there? <laughs> no, but that's a great guess. That's a great guess. My guesses are lame. I'm sorry. I, I'm not doing very well at this. No, I love that movie, and I, I think it's both a Halloween and a Christmas movie. It is. Okay. Chelsea. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah! Oh. Woo! Number 12, though, so what? doesn't count. <laughs> I don't know. I'm out of guesses. I don't know any any horror movies. That's all the ones I know. You can't be out of guesses. Right. Well, we Don't did, give up. We did Freddy Krueger, right? Yep. We yep. did Jason. Yep. And we did Michael Myers. Those are like the big dogs. <laughs> like, that's all. That's who I know. Like, And um, what's one with, like, witches? Is there any ones with, like, witches in them? Is Practical Magic on there? No. Ooh, Teen Wolf. He's a werewolf. No. Bird no, Box. No, no. Ooh, Bird Box. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. No. This has turned into Matt and Chelsea just say movie titles at this point. We're trying to guess the top 10 most iconic horror movies of all time, according to SWNS Digital website. Silence of the Lambs. No, good guess, though. Good guess. Not on the list. Oh, Not even on. in the top 30. You, you want to get my van. <laughs> That's creepy. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go through the top 10. You guys, you. you guys failed miserably here. <laughs> Uh, we know number one was Halloween. Number two was Nightmare on Elm Street. But going backwards, number 10, The Shining. Oh, The Shining. Oh. Number nine, Child's Play, Chucky. Oh, Dad Chucky. <laughs> was that Dad Gummit? Yes, that was Dad Chelsea Gummit. Chelsea swears like an old uh, prospector from the 1890s. <laughs> number eight, Dad Gummit. Number eight, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay, yeah. Number seven, Carrie. Ah. Carrie. Classic. Number six, we said Friday the 13th. Number five, Beetlejuice. Don't you say his name. Beetlejuice. Don't you you want to run around Beetlejuice. here? Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. You guys are catching fate. 
Number four, consider the most scary movie of all time, The Exorcist. Oh, where she spins her head around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number three, I can't believe none of you got this one. Scream. Oh, Scream. That's my favorite one. I can't believe I didn't say it. <laughs> oh, but it's not that scary. Gosh. It's more like a funny scary well, Yeah, it lampoons all those other movies that yeah. we mentioned. Uh, but that is it. That is your top ten most iconic Halloween movies of all time. Whether you agree or disagree, we can bring this over to social media on our Facebook page at The X Rockford. Matt Hall and Chelsea, thank you very much. Thank you, Kev. They said he'd never amount to anything. Well, they nailed it. It's Kev on the Morning X. 104.9 The Morning X. It is Kev, and it's time now to take a look at Rockford Missed Connections. Looking for love in all the wrong places. We've said it before, Craigslist is a terrible place to look for love, but for some reason, every single week, we open the Missed Connections section for Rockford and find that people are still trying. And I can't take that away from anybody, because everybody deserves love, even the weirdos. And uh, this is an example of a misconnections post that is actually a misconnection post. However, it's horribly written and it's not going to help. This one says, I noticed you noticing me. So we saw each other a couple times on Saturday at a store. There was some good eye contact. Unfortunately, you couldn't see my smile under my mask. You are a tall, beautiful woman. I'm sure she appreciates the compliment. And I'm sure there was some good eye contact. And you know, I've noticed that uh, it's hard to tell what somebody really looks like because mostly everybody has hot eyes. I've noticed that. You never know. But here's the problem with that post is that it doesn't say what store you were at. It doesn't say what you were wearing. You know, if you were like, I was the, you know, average height bald guy with the uh, Chicago Cubs sweatshirt on and you were a tall, beautiful woman uh, wearing a pink shirt and a uh, Star Wars mask on your face and you had pigtails. And a tattoo of Jesus on your forehead. You know, more specifics. And by the way, we were at Target. You know, that that would really help. More specifics. I've been saying this for years now. More specifics in the Misconnections post. And uh, here is a post that I can't even understand. This says, use only dot 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 one time dot dot dot. You want to make any sentence creepy? Add the dot 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 on the end of it. This says, I am a girl who can't imagine life without fashion. I find clothes and accessories so inspiring. I am a very bright, memorable. I always express myself without a fear to be criticized. I am open-minded, smart person. And I spend time with people who have a dream, a desire to live with through life. <laughs> oh, proofread your posts. And at the end it says, I like to make presents to my friend. This was either written by a bot or somebody whose language, first language is in English. That's all. Oh, boy. I like this sentence here. I am open-minded, smart person, and I spend time with people who have a dream, a desire to live with through life. I like to make presents to my friend. (laughs) Did Borat write this? Jesus. (laughs) That is today's Rockford Misconnections. And I hope these people find what they're looking for. I really do. I hope the guy finds a tall, beautiful woman, even though he did absolutely nothing to specify that's who he was looking for. And I hope this girl finds somebody with a desire to live with through life and making presents to her friends. 104.9 The Morning X. In case you've been living under a rock, Eddie Van Halen unfortunately passed away at the age of 65 yesterday, and there's just been a flood of support from the music world and people sharing their stories. One of those people, Bob Hathaway, I've got him on the phone. He's from FM Music Entertainment, the artist cooperative. Bob, first of all, condolences for the loss of your friend. Second of all, thanks for joining the show. Good to be here, Kevin. Yeah, so uh, when did you work with Van Halen and in what capacity? Well, I... You know, I got a job working for Warner Brothers Records doing radio promotion um, starting in uh, 1989. So, um, you know, I, I first encountered uh, Van Halen in a professional capacity in 51, you know, on the 5150 tour. You know, I'd been a fan of theirs, you know, growing up, you know, working in record stores and stuff. I mean, I went and saw them the first time on the Women and Children First tour at the International Amphitheater, I think. And it was just, you know, we all know, you know, what an amazing talent. Eddie Van Halen was, and I was uh, a very, very, very big fan of of his. And so, you know, when I joined Warner Brothers in '89, and one of my first, you know, tours was covering 5150. And when I say cover, I mean a lot of people might not know what my capacity would be covering a show. I mean, I'm I'm the guy that goes and coordinates the interviews with guys like you <laughs> um, at the venue. I'm the guy that uh, you know has your winners, you know you know, congregated to meet the band and all, you know, I facilitate all the different, 
promotional type stuff. And so, you know, I used to, you know, it, it's funny because I was totally starstruck, right? I mean, I'm right. I'm going to work with this this legend, you know, and um, you know, I I was very intimidated by him, and um, you know, I think my first show was probably in Kansas City, and I used to have to get to the venue about three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon to collect my passes and just kind of coordinate everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking in the building on my first show and Eddie is standing there at his guitar case, you know, and he's, you know, messing around with his guitar. Like, you know, he, he does. And, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, that's Eddie Van Halen. You know? And I, I kind of, I kind of keep my head down and I kind of walk past him, you know, because I'm, I'm totally starstruck and just intimidated by him. And, right. you know, later that, later that day and night, you know, he met me as the Warner brothers rep. And, uh, you know, he was, he was nice, you know, but anyway, so the next day, you know, it's like I have a show like in Omaha or somewhere. And so I get to the venue and same, same scenario, you know, it's like <laughs> three or three or four in the afternoon. I'm getting there. He's at his guitar case and I see him and, and I don't want to bother him, you know, cause again, I'm still starstruck, you know? And so I, I walk past and I go do my stuff and then we coordinate the activities for that day. And then the, the next show, like the next day, you know, is in St. Louis and, so it was weird. I mean, he must have had a ritual because, you know, he, this same thing would happen every time I'd show up. I mean, I would be walking in the venue and he'd be at his guitar case and, you know, whatever. So anyway, but I, I walked past him again, um, you know, not wanting to bother him because I'm still, you know, I, I can't, I'm like, pinch me. I mean, am I really, you know, standing, you know, going to be working with these guys? And I, I walked past him and also I hear this, hey. You know, yeah, <laughs> and I stop and I turn around and Eddie Van Halen's staring at me, right? And I'm like, I'm like, uh, and he goes, "So what? Are you too good to say hi to me?" Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and and it was like it was, it was at that moment that I really saw that he was a person. You know, he was no different than than me. I mean, he was a an amazing uh, musician and all that. But right. you know, and then you know. He would he would he would mess with me you know in the coming years you know different times and we became friendly um, you know but he was he was a good guy man he was um, he was you know somebody who's kind of introverted you know he was never sure. really um, you know hanging around like like you know I'd be I'd be in Michael Anthony's dressing room you know drink you know drinking beers and having uh, you know shrimp with hot sauce you know Michael Anthony loved hot sauce and you know, hanging out with the guys and stuff, but Eddie wouldn't really be around. I mean, he was pretty much, he pretty much kept to himself and uh, was just really interested in, in messing around with his guitar. Yeah, I imagine. I always wonder about guys like him who are clearly just guitar virtuosos, if there's ever a time when he didn't have a guitar in his hands. Yeah, I, you know, I honestly, it was rare. I mean, because when, when I, whenever I, I saw him, I mean, he would either be messing around with his guitar or be on stage, you know? Um, yeah, he, and, but he was just, he was just, he was just a really good dude. I mean, um, you know, another another little quick story. Uh, it's funny. Um, you know, we had a show. This was a couple of years later. I think it was on the OU812 tour, and um, they had a show in Kansas City, and then another one in St. St. Louis. And I needed to, I needed to somehow get from Kansas City to St. Louis in a, in, in a good, fa- you know, in, in a quick fashion because I needed to be there early. Er, and uh, anyway, it was arranged where I could fly on the plane because um, they would fly a private uh, jet uh, from Kansas City to St. Louis, and so. And so I get on the plane, you know, and the guys are in the back and they're having their, their dinner or whatever. And, you know, nobody's really, you know, interacting with them because it's after the show and they're winding down and whatnot. And anyway, we land in St. Louis. It's probably two in the morning. And, uh, you know, we're standing in the aisle waiting to get off the plane. And, uh, you know, I'm standing there and Eddie's right behind me. And, uh, you know, I turn to Eddie and I joke to him. I say, hey, man, I feel like a, I feel like an MTV contest winner. <laughs> You know, I, got, I won the promotion to fly in your plane, and he and he looks at me and he doesn't miss a beat, and he goes, he goes, yeah, well, your contest is over, get off. <laughs> so, 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 he, so he could be a ball buster then. Yeah, totally. I mean, he was he was he was he was a funny guy, man. He was he was, I mean, what an amazing, just an amazing guitar player. I mean, I'm I'm devastated, you know, like the rest of the world. It's like you know, I mean, as I was telling you off air. You know, I'm not totally stunned. I mean, you know, I worked with Tom Petty as well, and you know, when Tom Petty died, I mean, that was a real stunner because yeah, it was out of know, nowhere. Yeah. yeah, it came out of nowhere. And Eddie, you know, you know, we knew he had cancer and stuff. I just didn't know he was battling it as hard as he was, you know, today or yesterday. You know, and yeah, um, he's been battling for some some like ten years, right? Yeah, he was. I mean, I think it started in the, in his mouth or something. I think he had something happen with his tongue, and you know, he just. You know, yeah, he was, it's it, it, it really sad, you know, but he was, 
he was a great guy, great musician. I mean, it was funny. The other thing is, you know, when, when we do these meet and greets, you know, we used to do these cattle call meet and greets. We'd have like 50, 50 winners coming backstage to meet the band, and we'd put them in these groups of, you know, 10 people or whatever, and we'd be, you know, it'd be chaos. I mean, they'd go through 50 people in like five minutes, but everybody would get a picture with the band and stuff, and all these winners would want to <clears throat> would want to hug Eddie or, you know, shake his hand or whatever. Uh-huh. We used to have to tell people, um, listen, you know, you can't shake Eddie's hand because Eddie wore his, I think he must have wore his wedding ring on his right hand. Uh-huh. And people would, like, because they'd gorilla grip his hand and, like, imagine if you broke Eddie's hand. Right. <laughs> you know, like, his right. hands were kind of worth a lot of money. So. <laughs> yeah, that's merchandise. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, but, never uh, mind the wedding ring. Forget that. Those are magic hands. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tragic. I mean, he's definitely going to be missed. I mean, but his legacy is there. I mean, I, I know a lot of radio stations across the country have been playing a lot of uh, Van Halen uh, today and yesterday, and uh, I've I've been doing the same myself, and it's just. You know, I listen to some of these songs, and you just can't help but smile. Yeah, I mean, he really left a great footprint. Yeah, it's truly a gift that we can still listen to him. You know, the the magic of recording—it's there. Yeah. You know, he's he's alive in that sense. You're listening to him alive. One hundred percent, a one of a kind man. It's like just an innovator, amazing, amazing musician. Uh, Bob Hathaway, uh, we're out of time. I'd love to talk to you for like an hour, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> this is not a podcast. But, man, I, I thank you very much for calling up and sharing your stories. And uh, I encourage all our listeners to do just that on our Facebook page. You can call me up at 815-874-2104 if you have stories. You got to meet them. You got to see them live. Doesn't matter. Uh, Bob Hathaway, thank you so much for your time. All right, Kevin. Take care. Bye now. 104.9. You're listening to The Morning X. Real rock. Wally, it is mail from footballabsurdity.com on the phone. What's up, buddy? How are you doing, man? Good. What, what a what a day to be a Bears fan. I know. Nine, uh, 20 to 19 victory over the Buccaneers, which are the new Patriots. And, yeah, I uh, mean like and let, let's 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 be honest, uh, Tom Brady got to lose to Nick Foles again. Again. Well, just like that last Super Bowl, uh I mean, if you're a Tom Brady hater or if you're a Bears fan, which you are both, Right. It's a good day. Yes, it's I am. A real good day. It was a very good day. It was fun to watch him fail. <laughs> it really was. Oh, uh, and, and I it love is, I love this statistic too. It's also the first time that Tom Brady has ever lost to the Chicago Bears. Is that true? He was five and zero starting against the Bears career wise. That and checks then, out. That 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 totally checks out because the Bears are not very good most of the time. Yeah, and and it's like every time they've played the Patriots when when Brady was a Patriot. It was yeah. an embarrassing game to watch. Embarrassing. So it was really, it was really fun. Yeah, that was, I remember him juking Urlacher. Like right. Tom Brady juke you, the most athletic guy on that defense. <laughs> right, right. So it was, it was just fun to watch him go down. To watch the defense beat up on him yesterday it was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, but my favorite parts. Uh he didn't know it was fourth down. Touchdown Tom doesn't know what down it is. He doesn't know the game is on the line. Right, the guy with 40-plus uh, game-winning drives in his career in the fourth quarter. Uh, now, I I know we don't have a lot of time, so I want to break it down. Was it senility or entitlement <laughs> showing? Like, he's an old man, so it could be that, like, he just forgot. Like, your memory starts to go when you're old. Maybe he took a strawberry and it fuddled his wits. I don't know, but... Also, I think Touchdown Tom thinks that like if he winds enough, they will give him an extra down. Like I believe this in my heart of hearts. Yeah, maybe that's just a cheater in him trying to yeah. manipulate the referees. Like, when I was on the Patriots, I'm pretty sure they gave us five downs. Yeah, there was a, there was a call against the Bears, a roughing the passer call that I don't think should have been called. Yeah, but there was also one against the against the Bucks. Like there were a couple of things. There were there were a lot of flags. Yeah. I was uh, it, like football absurdity has a discord channel. If you ever need fantasy advice, please go there. A little quick plug. Um, sure. But we were talking, we have our game day threat channel and I even made a comment. You know what? I haven't seen in a while, a flag because that's <laughs> all we were seeing. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, there were penalties back and forth and that seems to happen when Tom Brady is on the field. I feel like yeah. in the rule, well, it also I feel happens. Like- it, it also happens when your rookie offensive lineman is shook because he was shook. Like he was getting, he was getting served. Yeah, yeah, they were beating up on him pretty bad. And it's, but it seems like uh, the, the rule in the NFL has always been don't touch Tom Brady. 
or it's a flag at all. Like, don't touch well, him at all. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback in general. Like, they err on the side of don't touch our quarterback because that'll ruin our league. And I kind of hate it, but I also kind of agree with it because bad quarterback play really makes football hard to watch. <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't leave us uh, with with backups yeah. across the league is what you're trying to say. Oh. But how, do you think like do you think he was getting flashbacks to that last Super Bowl he lost to Nick Foles? Oh, back in 20, 2018 or whenever. I think that's why I think that's why he walked off the field. We got to talk about that. Walked off the field without shaking his hand because you know he's just like you son of a bitch. You did it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's you a son sore, of a bitch. sore loser. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, I love the I mean, shot okay, of him. Let's I be lo- real. No, you know what? Someone I said that to someone in our group chat too, and he's like, you know what though. COVID protocols, maybe he doesn't want to get close, he doesn't want to get sick, and let's be honest, he is in that age, at-risk age group. Like, if you're in the elderly category, you're way more at risk for COVID. That's so, true when you're... Se- I, I think he probably was just that when oh, you're when, when you're 65 and older, you know you're you're at a higher risk of complications with COVID. So yeah, he's yeah. really he's really so, going to watch. Yeah, I mean by NFL standards, he's the <laughs> oldest man. I love the shot of him on the sidelines throwing the iPad or whatever it is they look at when they're reviewing you know the the plays. Oh man, they just yeah. and they show it in slow motion. They show him swear, and you see the iPad go flying. I'm like, you baby, quit being a baby. Now, did you watch? Let me. I have a question for you here. Did you watch the? Uh, broadcast on Amazon? No, I was watch- I was watching on Fox. Oh, okay. They had the option to uh, not listen to Joe Buck. You have to listen. <laughs> they had two female announcers. And I just want to point out, it was the most enjoyable football experience. Really? Like, they actually talked about the game. They weren't just weird talking points. Yeah. So j- I want to give a shout out to which, whoever set that up, because I loved it. I loved it so much. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty funny option because a lot of people dislike Joe Buck regardless of how yeah. much of how much of an actual broadcaster he is because he's he's actually highly respected in the in in that game but like people like fans hate Joe Buck they hate well, him he's just boring and he has he's I don't need my football announcer to be yelling to get off my yard like the old man that he is <laughs> I mean that's that's the thing that bothers me and. I don't know. He just has bad opinions. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, he has a lot of opinions for an announcer. Is is the point that I try to make? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, it was immediate. Like, I remember Foles threw a pass, and he just goes, "Terrible throw, terrible." It's like, well, yeah. well, you well know. to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, it was uh, <laughs> a lot of Nick Foles' throws <laughs> were terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, at first the... half he had a couple. He had a, he had some misses. Like the Bears could have blown him out. They had uh, that Allen Robinson at the interception uh, that was off of Allen Robinson's hand. If that throw was just a little better, um, I mean, it's a little bit on Robinson, a little bit on Foles because I think it was catchable. But also, I think. Uh, if it had been thrown better. And there was the other, uh, the throw to Mooney, that he just missed him, but Mooney clearly beat his guy. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and, and dude, Robinson straight up bicycle kicked that ball, Mortal Kombat style. Yeah, he did. It was, it was, <laughs> it was not in the best position for him to make a play, which is why it's also on full. But also, I feel like Allen Robinson could make that play. I mean, oh. I'm holding him to a higher standard, but he wants to get paid. He needs to make that catch. Yeah. And, and dude, anytime the ball goes flying in the air after a pass like that, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a mini Ooh. heart attack. For sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. But I will say this. I feel like the timing Nick Foles is having with the offense is just it's starting to come together. And the Bears are in a hard stretch for defenses. Like, in a couple of weeks, they don't play hard defenses anymore. And if they get that offense figured out, which slowly feels like it's coming together, Bears might not be terrible, which I don't know how comfortable I feel saying that. Because, as I've said before, hope is a lie. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have to leave it right there because we are out of time, dude. But uh, Bears play the Panthers next Sunday, so I will talk to you a week from Monday. Oh, God, a whole week without you? That makes me sad. I know. Well, it's, it's a lot of people going to be sad about that. But uh, Look, dude, uh, thanks a lot. It's Waleed Ismail, footballabsurdity.com. Visit him on Twitter at I am the Waleed. Thanks a lot, man. 1049 The Morning X. 1049 The Morning X. Yesterday, I got a chance to talk to Chris Daughtry in an at-home exclusive, which you can watch in full right now at thexrockford.com or on the 1049 The X Facebook page at thexrockford. But I figured I'd share a little bit of it right now for you on the Morning X. When was the last time that you got to spend this much time at home? I think it was like 14 years ago. <laughs> wow. 
yeah. yeah, no, no joke. Um, I have not been home this long consecutively for at least 14 years. It's been crazy. Uh, it took some getting used to, for sure. Um, you don't realize how much of your identity is wrapped up in being on the road and touring. And then you take that from from us and we're like, who are we? Who am I? You know? <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're a dad, right? You got kids. Yeah, yeah, I got kids and they, they are um, I have three little ones. I have five total, but three, th- three that are in wow. the house and um, they all want something at the same time. And it's a lot. They're, the twins are nine. The youngest one is five. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's all consuming. So I have a new, you know, obviously I knew my wife had a much, uh, a much more difficult job than I did. <laughs> but now, <laughs> but now I've witnessed it firsthand and uh, to the extent of full capacity, like I've, I've, I've seen it all now. It's not like I come home for the weekend and goes, your life sucks. I get to leave and go back on the road. I have more respect for her than I ever have in my life. So are, are the kids home, happy that dad's home? Or are they kind of like go yeah, away? Yeah. No, no, they're, it's just great. Like I've had more time with them since they were born. Like since they were born, I've, I've been on the road. So they're super happy uh, that I don't have to leave. And when I was doing the virtual tour, they started to get a little annoyed about that. And I'm like, guys, I'm literally just going down the street. I'm coming right back home. I'll be here when you wake up in the morning. It's not like I'm leaving for weeks. Uh, I wanted to talk about that because I, I saw that you were doing that. Uh, and it's been kind of interesting to see what artists have been doing during this right. whole crazy 2020 to kind of keep the rust off and still be able to do what you guys love to do. And so you right. did the live from home tour, which I thought was a great idea. Can you talk a little bit about what that was all about? Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't know what to do with myself. I, I needed to perform. I wanted to <laughs> Um, get back out there, but obviously that wasn't a possibility. So uh, we had this idea to do like an acoustic tour where, you know, we saw, you know, we had done a stage it, we had seen other people do those and, and people were doing like Facebook stuff, but I wanted to see if we could do like a proper tour where we were going different cities. And, and then my manager was like, what if we, you know, tried to partner with these uh, smaller venues. And so we kicked that idea out there and the, the venues were super pumped about it. And, you know, we realized how important those venues are not only to the community, but the, the people who work there, the, the artists like myself that need a place to play and nobody's working right now. So this, uh, it was, it was our small way of helping, you know, the, the music industry. And, and uh, obviously the fans had everything to do with that, with their right. tips and, and, um, generosity as well so thanks and kudos to the fans for making that possible uh we just finished it up recently it was great it was a lot of fun um it took a little bit to get used to because we're so used to uh yeah I, i didn't realize how much we depended on the crowd to give us energy it's like it should be the other way around we should be cultivating that energy for ourselves to give them something to be excited about um so it kind of made me have to uh, kind of rethink how how I approach performing. Um, sure. Especially when you finish a song and, you know, you hear crickets in the corner and some dude farting over there that's <laughs> working the lights. And uh, and so... Uh, it's got it to be a little bit disheartening at first. Yeah, it, for sure. At first, it was the most awkward thing we'd ever done. Um, <laughs> me and my guitar player were like, so uh, fair. <laughs> like, wait... <laughs> Uh, hope everybody's good over there. I don't know how y'all do. You know, it was it was so right. weird. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people are getting used to it. I know a lot of comedians who have been doing like virtual, like Zoom stand-up comedy shows, and I just I can't fathom not getting that instant feedback was, that you need. I was talking to my uh, buddy um, Dane Cook. Look at me dropping names. Watch your feet. Watch your feet. Um, I was actually just talking about that with him uh, recently because I was talking about him talking to him about doing this virtual tour. And he was like, he was like, dude, I just don't like, I know comedians are doing that, but like, I, I can't like, it's not my thing. I have to, I have to have the bodies in the room, you know? And, and I get that with comedy. Like that seems like a very tough thing. You don't know where they're reacting. And sometimes that could kind of determine the pace of the joke, you know? And that just seems like a very difficult thing to, 
to do online, but kudos to the ones that are doing it and making it work. You know, it takes yeah. a special, special talent. Yeah. And on your end, it's gotta be weird. You know, if you bust a high note and you hear nothing, usually like in a, in a stadium, if you hit that high note, you hear that crowd with you yeah. and that yeah. high note, it's, it's gotta be weird. You're like, did I even hit that note? How did that, did, did they even like it? On the flip side of that, when I hit the worst note ever, <laughs> yeah. um, there's no one there looking at me. So I can kind of forget it happened. <laughs> That's a good place to leave it. We ended up talking about World on Fire, his latest song. We talked about his comic book drawings, which are awesome. And you can actually see them in the video. An at-home exclusive with Chris Daughtry. You can see the whole thing now at thexrockford.com. Kev, joined now by Andrea from the Rockford Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. And she's going to let us know what's going on in the Rockford region. And she's going to do it all without her contact lenses. <laughs> that would be impressive because I can't without them. <laughs> yeah, you have a little bit of trouble with your contacts this morning, and uh, I, can't I, re- I, I can't relate, but from what I understand, this is one of the biggest pains in the ass is having contacts. <laughs> well, there's just a lot of, I don't know, is it rigmarole? Can I say that? It's just, like, right now my eye is burning so bad, oh, and no. it's stuck in my eye, and that just sounds so creepy, doesn't it? It does. So there's it- something foreign stuck in your eye, and it's burning your eye. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the first time somebody brought up the idea of contact lenses, like in in the conference room, wherever they were, they're like, how about a little tiny lens that you attach to your eyeball? I bet people are like, get the hell out of here, Frank. Go come up with something better. (laughs) Yeah, sounds horrible. It it amazes me that it doesn't get lost in the back of your I don't know how this all works. I don't know. Or it doesn't fall out all the time. I mean, it doesn't fall out. It's unbelievable. So. Right. That doesn't seem safe to me at all. If, they, if it were me, yeah. I think I'd just wear the glasses, to be honest. I know. I know. And you glasses are hot. Food. I don't know what the big deal is. People don't, I don't know if it's just like they, they don't like the way the glasses feel or they don't like how they look in glasses, but I think glasses yeah. are hot. Oh, I love glasses. Um, mine are a little bit thicker, which is my bad when I bought them. So now they give me a little, like if you wear them all day, you get a headache. Right. So see, you got to think about that too i was going for the look but i can't imagine that contact lenses wouldn't cause a headache i know sometimes (laughs) they do so oh well i don't envy you well (laughs) but yeah it's one of those things hopefully you can still read because we need to find out what's happening in the rockford region this weekend i know yeah no i can definitely read getting it gets better it's better right now so that's good it must be you talking about it that's making me feel better all right, so we have a lineup of events and things going on right now. It's obviously fall. The colors are beautiful, so there's some outdoor events, of course, to be had. And this weekend is going to be really nice. So, yeah, let's start by first. Temps in the mid seventies all weekend. I know, so that's going to be good. Um, I want to mention first before we talk about outdoor events. You know, obviously, right now under the new mitigations, the restaurants, our local restaurants, could really use our support and our help. So we're encouraging folks. To really go out now more than ever before and just, if you can, support local, support your local friends in the restaurant industry. They need us now. And so we launched this week, to go Tuesdays. This is a giveaway on social media. So on Tuesdays, we're going to post about a specific restaurant within the region. You're encouraged to also, you know, take a photo of your to-go order, your carry-out, your delivery, and whatnot. Hashtag to go Rockford and go Rockford to that post share it, and then you'll automatically be entered to win a $25 gift card we will be giving away every Friday. Very cool. Yeah. Is it, is, it a, to a, is it a gift card to a different place every Friday, or is that the same one? It is, yes. So it's an 11-week uh, promotion we're going to be hosting on social media. You've got, you've got plenty of time. We're going to be featuring a restaurant in every different community within the region. This week, it's Salamonies in Cherry Valley. You can go and support. Your photo doesn't have to be of Salamonies in Cherry Valley. But uh, you can pick and choose what you'd like it to be. So have fun with this, and hopefully you'll win a $25 gift card. Yeah, you're going to take a picture of your food anyway, so why not use it to win something? Hashtag to go Rockford and hashtag go Rockford. They both got to be there, right? They do, both of them. Yep. So follow instructions. (laughs) Well, that's how we choose the winner. We go to the hashtags on the uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we search, and that's how we choose a winner. So you have to follow the instructions to win. Dang right. (laughs) So that's going on. Now, outdoor events are happening still. Now, Nick's home run is going on this at the Rivet Stadium in Love Park. This is Saturday. So 9 a.m. is going to be a 7K runner's run. And then 9.45 is going to be the 1.5-mile walk. So if you're interested in participating, this is going on in partnership with the Rockford Roadrunners. 
and it's to support the Nicholas Ritual Foundation here in our community, so you're giving back as well. You know, what's crazy to me is that they make the run longer than the walk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems crazy yeah, to me. Is- make, make the people who don't want to run walk farther. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I'm running, I, I don't know. I need all the help I can get, so... Yeah, I don't like to run at all. So I would do, I'd be doing the 1.5 mile fun walk, to be honest with you, because there not, you there's go. nothing fun about running. I can tell you that much. Oof. Oof. It's a struggle, but walking is beautiful, especially right now in the uh, beautiful Midwest, our Rockford region. So now if you aren't really into running or maybe walking, biking is also going on. This is at Blackhawk Springs Forest Preserve. This is on Sunday from 2 to 3. So if you want to bike, get your bike out. It's the Kishwaukee River Path, which is at Blackhawk Springs Forest Preserve. So you can go out there. It's a six-mile paved trail. It's one of those trails where you're, you know, there's a small hill and a big one, of course, but then overall it's just a paved, nice, relaxing bike ride. So if you can make it out uh, two to three again on Sunday. Can I bring my big wheel? <laughs> yeah. You remember those, do you remember those things? Those things were terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those things were, the, the wheel was made of plastic. So if you wrote right. it on, if you wrote it on cement, all it did was rub against the cement and ruin the plastic. It didn't have any traction yeah, at all. My daughter had something like that. And uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. But, you know, if you go on the wrong, you know, like you're saying, if you go on cement, it just kind of veers off a little bit. And I'm like, uh. well, I'm sure I'm sure since I was a kid, they've made advancements on how those things operate. Uh, they were well, they were pretty crappy yeah. when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So. So, yeah, so that's going on. Um, on Sunday. And then also on Sunday, you can enjoy the Autumn at the Arboretum. This is from 9 to 4. But what's cool about this event this year, because, we, you know, they do this every year at the Clem Arboretum and Botanic Gardens. But one cool thing about this is it's going to be a week-long series. And so you're going to have on-site activities and virtual activities. Now, this is, of course, to promote safe social distancing for folks so they can accommodate many different visitors that want to attend this event. So if you want to enjoy some scavenger hunts or some self-guided fall color tours, there's going to be their their maze, their straw maze, some doggy costume contests and things like that. Just go ahead and check out their website, and you can find out all the details of how you can participate. Now, when you say a doggy costume contest, now, does this mean yes. that I dress my dog up, or does it mean that I have to dress up as a doggy? Because one of those Ooh. is creepy and one is not. Ooh, I'd go with the non-creepy version. Here I am. I'm in my doggy costume. Do I get a prize? Just, that would just, be creepy. <laughs> yes, I, you would be the only one doing that, though. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I assume it's people dressing up their pets. Is that that's what You're I right. to understand? Now, is it only dogs? Or if I have like a chinchilla, can I bring my Dracula chinchilla? I mean, is it? You, what are the rules here? You're not being very <laughs> clear on the rules. Chinchilla. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a chinchilla costume contest. All right. Well, if chinchillas are not allowed, then for that reason, I'm out. That's, <laughs> I had to get a chinchilla first. I'm picturing this. Whenever you bring up something like this, I just picture it and I giggle. Yeah, so. you can always you can always count on me to say something weird and awkward. That's, chinchilla. That's, that's my that's that's my trick of the trade. That's <laughs> that's what I bring to the you table. Know, well, that's that's awesome, and that's a word. <laughs> that's one of those words that when you say it too many times, it just sounds so weird. A chinchilla. Right? Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, now I hear it, and it just doesn't even sound right. <laughs> chinchilla, chinchilla, chinchilla. Yeah, it starts to lose its meaning. It actually it sounds like it could be like something you'd order at like a Mexican restaurant. Can I, can I get two cheesy chinchillas, please? Yeah. <laughs> and that's also creepy, Ken. Yeah, okay, yes. Yes, it is. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Go rockford.com for everything that Andrea just talked about. It's Andrea from the Rockford Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Thank you so much once again for joining us. Aw, thank you. Bye. We're going to show this world a thing or two. This is The Morning X. Portions of this program have been edited for stupidity. Come one, come on, do a beautiful show. It's going to be awesome and I'm going to stop. Initiate sequence. And now, your journey is just beginning. We're on in 10 seconds, so... Get ready to have a good time. Five, four, three, two, S. What the f***? The Morning X. 1049 The Morning X, Kev here, and you might know him from The State or Michael and Michael Have Issues or your cool-ass pal Johnny Blue Jeans on Comedy Central's Viva Variety or I Love the 90s on VH1's many stand-up comedy appearances. 
He's got a book out called A Better Man, A Mostly Serious Letter to My Son. It's Michael Ian Black. Welcome to The Morning X, Michael. Thank you for having me, Kevin. It's an honor to have you, man. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Everything I just mentioned, man, I love doing that stuff. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Particularly Viva Variety. Johnny Blue Jeans was the funniest thing to me. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a, uh, uh, a long time ago. A yeah. show that was not particularly well watched at the time. <laughs> but I have to say, one of my favorite characters. For your listeners who don't know, it was a fake European variety show that we did on Comedy Central uh, in the mid-90s, I think. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I used to watch Viva Variety into South Park, man. It was it was great. Yeah, that's a good doubleheader. For sure. Uh, so thanks for coming on. And I want to start with this because I had this exact argument with my wife. Uh, you posted on Twitter the other day, uh, Michael Ian Black on Twitter. You tweeted, all joking aside, bay leaves don't do anything, right? They don't do anything. It's the biggest culinary scam that has ever existed. <laughs> they just take, they just took leaves from some random plant and they're like, yeah, you need to put this in everything. And you don't eat it. Right. It's already it. in broth. Yeah. And then when it's time to eat, you remove it. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't suffuse any kind of flavor. And I don't care who I'm offending. Bay leaves are a scam. You're offending probably only my wife. That's probably it. Because, <laughs> because I've got somebody in my camp now. I appreciate that. Uh, he is on Twitter at Michael Ian Black. He's one of the funniest people on Twitter. Uh, but he's got a book out, and we're going to talk about that book. It's called A Better Man, A Mostly Serious Letter to My Son. We'll talk about it when we come back on The Morning X. Sticking with us? Oh, yeah. It's 104.9 The Morning X. We're on with comedian Michael Ian Black. And, man, I wish we had a whole podcast to talk about your book, A Better Man, A Mostly Serious Letter to My Son. Because uh, you are one of the funniest people on TV, but in this book, and you call it mostly serious. You're coming from a very serious point of view. How did this book come about? It started with the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting in Parkland, Florida, when my son was a senior in high school. We live in Connecticut. That was obviously Florida. But we had been, uh, you know, kind of dealing with gun violence uh, in our community since Sandy Hook, which took place about half a dozen miles from my house. And after Parkland, I just started asking the obvious question, why is it always boys and young men who are committing these crimes? I wrote an op-ed for the New York Times about it, and then a publisher came to me and said, do you want to write a book about this? And, and I was reluctant because, you know, I'm, not, I'm an idiot for the most part, you know? I mean, right. I'm, I'm tweeting about Bailey right. on Twitter. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. But I felt like, you know what? I have a son. He's 18. He's about to leave for college. And maybe I have something to say on the topic of what it means to be a guy. And so I said, yeah, and I wrote this book. Yeah, and uh, on that, and one chapter of the book that really resonated with me was a chapter called No Sissy Stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. You're kind of talking about how there's this stigma, this divide between macho and not macho, and how we're kind of conditioned, boys are at a very early age, to be more masculine. As you put it, someone told you, be a man. I was told, right. don't sit like a girl when I was a kid. I had, uh -huh. my, I had my legs crossed, and I was yelled at by a woman, no less, not to sit like a girl. So like that kind of conditions us very early at, to that we have to be this macho masculine thing. Right, and it's so silly. I mean, when you think about it, like, what does sitting like a girl even mean? Right. I mean, we have we have the exact same anatomy. Cross one leg over another. How is that any more girlish than sitting with your legs askew? Like, we have these really weird preconceived ideas of what it means to be a man versus being a woman. And for the most part, they're absurd. And I guess all I'm saying in the book and in the letter to my son is basically like, we can expand all those outdated ideas. We can be full spectrum human beings. We can be, we can sit how we want and we right. can put bay, bay leaves in our soup or not. And it doesn't make us any more or less of a man. You are enough of a man. And as a person, just because you are, that's right. enough. And despite the pressure that you're going to get from your guy friends that if you uh, put creamer in your coffee, you're more of a puss for some reason. You know what I mean? Like, it's pressure. Uh, it is pressure. And, and the way I describe it in the book is, you know, I call it the infinite axis of manliness, where if you imagine like this infinite line stretching off into space, and you can arrange literally anything on that line according to how macho or not macho it is, which is why, like, you can say sitting one way is less macho than sitting another, or drinking your coffee black is more macho than drinking your coffee with cream. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense, and yet we do it, and we all are fluent 
in that language. Mm-hmm. Um, because it used to be, and I think to a certain degree still is, you mentioned the, the phrase no sissy stuff. It used to be that the worst thing you could be as a boy is a girl. Right. You know, like if, if you do anything girl like suddenly, you know, you're diminished in the eyes of your peers. And it's just it's insulting to both men and women. You know, yeah. there are so there are so many women in my life who I want to be more like and so many men in my life that maybe I could be a little bit less like. We have a lot of male listeners who probably have male sons and the music we play on our station is pretty masculine. It's it's hard rock. You know, it's real rock, man. It's yeah, it's real right. rock. So if you, <laughs> so if you look uh, from the opposite opposite point of view, you're not saying that it's not okay to be macho. No, far from it. You know, all the sort of traditional male qualities, strength, independence, endurance, I'm saying, hell yeah, like embrace those. Those and those are like macho attributes. Don't shy away from that. Like, I'm not saying men need to be weepy. Right. I'm not saying men need to walk around like an open sore all the time. I'm saying like, you can be Aussie, you know, right. But there's moments and you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but we all have them when we're going to be Ed Sheeran. Like, we just are. <laughs> and it's true. okay. It's so true. So true. We all have our Ed Sheeran moment in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and it's totally fine. That's great, man. And, uh, you know, in this book, you not only you not only touch on, you know, masculinity, you also, you know, touch on the subject of consent a little bit. As a lesson to, you know, anybody who has a son, you know, what what should they say to their to their sons involving consent? Because it's it's such a very important and very specific thing now. It's such a thorny topic. And part of the reason it's thorny is because even with all the kind of like women empowerment stuff that that has gone on in the culture for the last few uh, decades, there's still an expectation that men are going to do the pursuing in a relationship, more or less. I would say more. Men, I think, and boys are often confused about what that means. Like when we're expected to be the aggressor in a relationship, at what point do we understands like she's not interested. At what point do we back off? At what point do we keep pursuing? Like, it's all very contradictory and very confusing. So the message to my son and to all young men is basically communicate. Really be explicit about communication. The, 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 the um, line I have in my book is, ask if you can kiss her. And if she says yes, that's amazing. Like, and it's, there's nothing not sexy about that. Like, that's right. hot. Like, can I kiss you? And she says yes. And if she says no, congratulations. Like, you've just avoided a sexual assault. Yes. You know? It's yes. like, it's, it's that simple. Like, communicate. Be explicit. And not only that, but you've also avoided a severe embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, it will be embarrassing when she says no to. Like, that will be embarrassing. Okay. But... It's so much less embarrassing than if you press your face against hers and she's like, ew, get off me, yeah. creep. If she has to shove you off, I'd rather just be told no. Of be, course. I'd rather just be told to kick rocks, you know? <laughs> of course. I mean, the phrase that's sort of kicking around in the, in the culture these days is affirmative consent. And that's sort of a clinical way of just saying, of just using the words, can I kiss you? Like, are you okay? Is this fun? You know, just having open dialogue. And words can be sexy as hell. Like, we should be embracing them. Uh, well, you know, we don't have a whole lot more time. Uh, like I said, I'd love to talk to you for hours about this book because I absolutely loved it. I think that anybody who has a son should buy it and read it. And even if you're like me and you don't have a son, you should read it anyway and then give it to somebody who has a son. Uh, because, man, it's so heartfelt. It's uh, it's really well written, like extremely well written. And uh, it's also not a difficult read. So, uh <laughs> No, it's, it's easy. It's uh, not a lot of multi-syllabic words. <laughs> but you have a huge vocabulary, and you mentioned that in the book, so I thank you for not uh, beating us to death with it. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I didn't want to be obdeperate. Oh, see, now now you're getting fancy. It's good. I actually don't even know what that word means or if I pronounce it right. I think it the word is like... obstetrician. I think that's the one you're oh, going okay. for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, a Better Man, A Mostly Serious Letter to My Son by Michael Ian Black. Michael, it's been an awesome time having you on the show, and uh, we hope to have you on again, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. 1049 The Morning X.